resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Hello, sluts. It is me, Mickey Dillon, and welcome back to another episode of Pulse Pounding. We are going to play a game tonight called Smoking a Blunt with Mickey. So if you are a weed smoker, please pause this and roll something up. Take an edible, pull out a pre-roll. I don't know. Do something because I'm going to light this joint because I'm not in the mood to be responsible today or commit any kind of responsible behavior. All right. I'm smoking a sativa. I believe it's called Candyland. And it's like covered in keef. And I smoked this one before. It's a pre-roll that I bought. And it did me well. <laughs> I liked the way I felt. I was very uplifted. I don't know if anyone else uses the app Leafly. <coughs> but I have started using Leafly. Which is an app that you can download. And you can look up literally any fucking strain of weed. And it'll tell you what people have reported the effects are. It's like fucking Yelp for weed. <laughs> and they describe like how you might feel. 75% of people say you feel uplifted. 8% of people say they feel fucking paranoid and they're obviously just wimps. <laughs> but you can look up literally any strain before you buy it or smoke it. And it'll tell you a bunch of good stuff about it. Uh, just what I needed today. What you just heard was me trying to record this episode last night, and it just was not working, so I gave up. I don't know what was going on with me, but the words just wouldn't come out. It was probably due to the fact that I was way too high, which is why I try to record this podcast before I get stoned every week. Before I sat down to record this, I was reading the latest drama with Balenciaga. So if you've been living under a fucking rock for the past week or so, Balenciaga has come under fire for their latest ad campaign, which showed children um, ages like four, five, six, seven, maybe in their clothing, holding these teddy bears that were dressed in some sort of BDSM. What's the other word for... BDSM. What's the fucking bondage? That's it. Bondage style leather straps and weird shit. And it was just strange as fuck. The internet lost its goddamn mind. Everyone is in an uproar. And honestly, rightfully so. Like, I don't usually agree with this cancel culture bullshit, but this is an instance of people being in an outrage that I absolutely agree with. Who would, in their right mind, put these images out there depicting children? with any kind of sexual connotation. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me how anyone thought this was okay enough to put it out. So Balenciaga has gone on today to blame the production company who they worked with. So they're trying to claim that this was an oversight and they want to take full responsibility and accountability for what happened, yet they want to blame someone else. So that in itself doesn't make sense. However, they're blaming this production company saying that the people who are on set went rogue and, and all this stuff that's included in the images was not approved by Balenciaga. There's a strategically placed piece of paperwork or whatever that has to do with um, a court case to do with child pornography and, and trying to accept that or something to that degree. And they're claiming that they had no idea that that was going to happen. 
However, what confuses me is that Balenciaga is such a huge fashion company, one of the biggest in the world. You're telling me that there's not a team of people in place that has to approve something before it goes out on your official accounts on social media and to be broadcast as a campaign for your product. You're telling me this is an oversight because one person didn't catch it in this major corporation. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me because the reality of these companies is that there's a team of people who has to look at something and approve it and talk about it and whatever before it goes out to your customers. There is absolutely no way that this piece of promotional material just somehow flew under the radar and nobody understood what was happening because the production company swindled them. You, do you know what I'm saying? Like somebody, if not one, even if it was one person, it's still not okay. Who looks at an image like that and says, oh, this is good. This is what we should put out. This is fine. These little kids holding these fucking sex dolls. Like that doesn't even make any sense if one person in that company saw it just from the standpoint of looking at optics. Even if you're like a fucked up individual who doesn't see anything wrong with that. Just from the standpoint of, of the climate of the culture that we're in right now and knowing what kind of backlash that that'll receive. Like if you can't have the foresight to look at that and think beyond your own opinion that this is not a good look for us, you're fucking crazy. But that's an absolutely a hypothetical situation. It's not even true because there is absolutely no way that those decisions rest on one person. I would put my life on the fact that those decisions rest on a team of people that have to approve something. So for them to try to pretend they're taking accountability and responsibility and then in the same breath try to blame the production company that they worked with is just so fucking crazy to me. And it's the worst way that they could have handled it. You know, at least if they tried to somehow explain themselves, taking responsibility for their actions and apologizing, I don't think it's still right. I'm sure people would still be off their rocker about it, but at least it would look like they were taking the responsibility. This looks to me like they're just trying to pass the buck and now they're filing a lawsuit to get damages out of this company for damaging their brand and defaming them and whatever. That is the most insane shit I've ever heard in my life. Not to mention that they were already doing that weird shit with the fucking demonic looking blood covered baby dolls that they were holding. The models were holding in their fucking family. It's just weird. The whole thing is weird. I don't know why they have to involve like weird babies and children shit in their fucking weird campaigns. And then there was that book. That was apparently on the table, on the coffee table, in the pictures of the kids holding the fucking sex dolls, which the book is like a quote unquote artistic depiction of fucking cannibalism. And that's got kids in it, too, with like body parts. Oh, it's just all fucked up. Like, why are you doing anything related to children in some kind of like weird sexual animalistic? Like, why are we even into that as imagery, like cannibalism? Why are we even doing that? let alone involving kids in it. It's just fucking weird. And it's so strange to me that as such a major company, as such a forward-moving fashion house, that they would even allow this to happen. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It feels to me like they thought it was boundary-pushing and somehow artistic because they're fucking idiots, and now they put it out and it went the other way of what they hoped it would do. And they're trying to somehow get out of the blame. It, that's crazy. Another thing that I can't fucking stand, and I've talked about this before on this show, 
is the inflated sense of importance that we put on celebrities, right? In our culture, as a culture, as a society. I'm not saying everyone does it because I sure as fuck don't. And if you listen to the show, I like to think you're smarter than that too. <laughs> but the big thing yesterday was that Kim Kardashian finally breaks her silence. So fucking dramatic these people are in Hollywood. Kim Kardashian finally breaks her silence on the Balenciaga controversy. Okay, why do we feel that Kim Kardashian is responsible for responding and condemning this situation when she is not Balenciaga? Just because she has some sort of partnership with them, just because she has some sort of business dealings and she chooses to wear their clothing that she may have purchased or may have been given for free, I don't know who gives a fuck, it does not mean that she is responsible to speak about a situation that has nothing to do with her. She's not in their fucking creative meetings. She's not at their photo shoots. What the fuck does Kim Kardashian have to do with the fact that Balenciaga as a company did something super fucked up and now they're getting a ton of shit for it? Why do we expect that she has to come out and make some sort of statement against them or separate herself from doing business with them in the future or not wear the fucking clothing that she already owns? It's not her responsibility. We treat these celebrities like like they're a publicly traded company and not people. We don't own them just because we choose to buy their products or watch their shows or consume whatever content they're putting out. That's on us as people. If I don't like something, what somebody represents, what somebody does, for instance, I've never liked Kanye West. So you know what I don't do? I don't spend my hard-earned money on products that Kanye West is a part of. I don't spend my hard-earned money on Yeezys. I don't buy his music. I don't buy his concert tickets. And I'm just using him as an example. It has nothing to do with what's going on with him. It's just the first person I could think of that I really don't care for and have never monetarily supported. If I don't like someone's messaging or someone's opinions or, or whatever the case is, I don't have to support them. But I'm also not going to waste my time that I don't have much of free to myself to sit on the internet and tweet and scream and yell about how they should have their income taken away and they shouldn't have a job and they're a racist and they're that and they're this and they're transphobic. I don't give a fuck. If you're a hateful piece of shit person, that's on you. It's not on me to sit here and act like you owe me something because you're a celebrity who creates products and television and whatever else. That's I don't understand that mindset that people have. So the fact that Kim Kardashian, who is not really a part of Balenciaga, is supposed to come out, expected to come out and make a statement. If she wants to make a statement, make a statement. That's fine. But the fact that it's expected and if she didn't do it, it would be looked at as she's part of the problem and all this bullshit that people spew is fucking ridiculous. That's like your boss assaulting someone and you being expected to come in and explain their actions and you being expected to come in and make a statement saying that you don't agree with their actions. Of course, you don't fucking agree with their actions. We'd like to assume that you're not a piece of shit who condones that kind of behavior, but no one's expecting you to go online or to hold a fucking press conference and make a statement about whatever piece of shit business dealings your boss is involved with. Okay. If your boss stole the money from the fucking COVID relief fund that was given to your business or corporation or or whatever, whatever kind of bailouts they received that they then turned around and spent on a yacht 
Is that on me or you to come out and explain their actions or quit our job and lose our income because some person did something that's a piece of shit that is connected to our company that we work for and make a check from? No, that's not on us. That's on them. So this whole narrative with the Kim Kardashian shit and how all of these headlines are so fucking dramatic about how she's finally breaking her silence and she finally speaks out. Like, God forbid she didn't, the whole world was going to stop. And we're all, for some reason, not going to still believe that the child sex ads are wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't need Kim Kardashian or anyone the fuck else to tell me that this is not right. I can look at this myself and say, this is not fucking right. And if I still want to buy a Balenciaga product in the future, I fucking will. That's my business, how I spend my money. Don't judge me based on some idiot photographer and some stupid executives at a company that put out an inappropriate ad. What does that have to do with anything to do with me or you? It doesn't. And honestly, a lot of the people who are so fucking outraged in these comments can't afford Balenciaga anyway. So what is it to you? You are not buying their products because you can't fucking afford it because it is priced astronomically for no fucking reason they walk down the runway in fucking trash bags and try to sell it to you for thirty six hundred dollars so if you're stupid enough to buy that that's on you but if you can't fucking afford it anyway why are you screaming and yelling and ranting and raving it has nothing to do with you i honestly am not a fan of the kardashians and i say that in the sense of i don't hate them i don't have ill feelings towards them because i don't know them and i don't care i just don't care I just don't fucking care. It's not that I hate them. I just don't fucking care what they're doing. I don't watch their shows because I think it's silly. I don't buy their products because A, most of them are geared towards females or like, you know, lady boys, <laughs> which I'm not. So I'm not interested in anything that they're doing. However, I do think that blame is unfairly placed on them in situations like this because this is just not right. This has nothing to do with Kim Kardashian. And if she doesn't want to talk about it and she wants to continue to wear her Balenciaga sunglasses, that's her fucking business. And if you don't like it, you don't have to buy whatever product she's pushing. Nobody's forcing you to buy skims. Nobody's forcing you to buy her makeup. Nobody's forcing you to watch their television show on Hulu. That is on you. Your choices are on you. What you think is fucked up when you look at it and don't want to support is on you. Stop looking to celebrities to co-sign your opinions on what's right and wrong. I don't need Kim Kardashian to tell me what's right and wrong. I can look at something and figure that out for myself. So what is the point of expecting these people to speak out against something if you already know it's not right? Who gives a fuck? I'm so tired of this shit of... Oh, well, she has a responsibility because she has a platform. No, she fucking doesn't. She doesn't have a responsibility to anything but to continue to put out the content and the products that you know her for and consume. She doesn't have a responsibility to speak politically or belong to one side of the aisle. She doesn't have a responsibility to donate to fucking charity. She doesn't have a responsibility to tell you and everyone else that she thinks something is right or wrong. That is all her own fucking business. And if she chooses to do things such as donating to charity and speaking politically, that is a generous choice. There is no reason that we need celebrities to tell us how we should vote, who we should vote for, what's right or wrong. It's like a big fucking popularity contest. How many millions of people can I reach and manipulate into making a choice that I feel is right or standing against something that I feel is wrong because of optics? 
half of these people, if you think that these celebrities really believe the shit that they're saying 100% of the time, you're insane. I'm not saying all of them are bullshitters, but at least 20% of them are. At least 20% of them go home and have very different opinions and ideas that don't line up with what they're expressing to you publicly because it is a business. They are a business. And we have become so fucked up as a society that with the internet and social media that we expect these people to believe a certain idea and opinion. And if it doesn't line up with what we want, we're pissed and we're trying to cancel them. So now we've forced them from a PR standpoint to put out this bullshit that they don't even believe. So half the times you're thinking you're supporting someone who lines up with you and they're actually not. They don't line up with you at all. They're just lying to you so they can continue to make their money. You are the dumb one if you believe that. It's so crazy. I'm so tired of these people who think that they're changing the world by speaking out when in actuality, all of the things that they're trying to fight against. I love the videos where they're like, mm, capitalism mm, and all the buzzwords and buzz topics about everything that's bad. And human rights, that's my favorite one. Human rights, crossing the border, this and that. Meanwhile, they're making their fucking videos on an iPhone that was made for them in a fucking sweatshop, okay? By enslaved workers who make five cents a fucking day. And if you actually look up, I forget the name of the building, but if you look up the building where the iPhones are made, there's a giant fucking net around the building at the bottom. Do you know why that is? It's because so many people have jumped off the top of the fucking building and killed themselves because they are forced to make these goddamn iPhones and Apple products for $0 a day. Isn't that fucking something? And all these people who think that they're speaking out against something so terrible are making these videos to post to Instagram on their fucking iPhone. It's just the craziest, most hypocritical shit I've ever seen in my life. And everyone is trying to one-up another on how fucking woke and how progressive they can be. I can't wait for next week when Lizzo changes her fucking song lyrics that include Balenciaga and re-uploads it to streaming to act like she's part of the solution. I'm so fucking sick of these people. Okay, now that I'm done screaming about that, let's talk about Thanksgiving. How was everyone's Thanksgiving? Was it so great? Did you eat too much? Did you argue with the family member that you can't fucking stand and dread seeing? Did you tell your mother to go fuck herself and go out with your friends instead? How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> okay, so a few days before Thanksgiving, I was at work and I almost died. <laughs> Not really. I just cut my finger. Of all the years of bartending and working in restaurants, I've never like chopped my finger off. And I was slicing up a bunch of fucking limes and lemons a couple days before Thanksgiving. And I literally out of nowhere just put the knife right through my fucking finger. And it was so deep that I was like immediately thinking I need stitches like I definitely need stitches but I was trying to fight it so I got a rag and I was like holding it and trying to stop the bleeding and I was like going about my business trying to keep working and prepare for the night and after about 20 minutes I looked at my coworker and he looked at it and I pulled the rag off and it started gushing blood and we could see how deep it was and he looked at me and he was like stitches and I looked at him and I said yeah I think so so I was leaving and I was thinking to myself I just want to go get stitched and come back to work, right? Like, I just want to come back to work and do my normal night and not deal with this bullshit. I'm not trying to go home. I'm just trying to get, like, patched up and, and go about my business. So I was thinking that if I went to the emergency room, I would be there for nine fucking hours. And somebody said to me, why don't you just go to the walk-in clinic, like, urgent care? 
And I was thinking, do they even do that? Do they even do stitches? So as I'm leaving, I called them and it turns out that they do. So I said, great, I'm on my way. Had to make a quick stop for coffee at 7-Eleven because I didn't know how goddamn long I would be stuck here. And I needed some caffeine to get my life together and replace the caffeine that I had bled out. So I walk into 7-Eleven with a bloody rag on my hand with my hand held above my head trying to stop the bleeding. <laughs> Grab a coffee, go to the register, and I'm like, oh, can I also have a pack of Marble Red Hundreds? I'm literally bleeding down my arm. The guy's looking at me like, what the fuck is going on here? And I'm like, I'm fine. It's all going to be okay. Can I just get my shit so I can get the fuck out of here? Drove to the walk-in clinic one-handed. So I get there, and... The walk-in clinic is like the opposite of the hospital. The hospital will look at you and be like, oh, you're not dying. Go sit down and wait for three hours. The walk-in clinic is just like a bunch of people who are sick. They've got a fever. There's probably COVID running around that room rampantly. But you know what? I'm not thinking about that at this time. I'm wearing a mask anyway in the walk-in clinic, so fuck it. But if you're bleeding, if you have like an injury at the urgent care, they'll take you first because they're not used to that. That doesn't happen. So you are considered the emergency with your fucking finger that's going to be fine. So after I fell out all my shit, she calls me up and she's like, are you bleeding? And I was like, yeah, I cut my finger. I was cutting some fruit. I cut my finger. And she says, were you at work? And this is the mistake that I made. This is where all hell broke loose because not thinking about why she was asking me, I thought she was just being friendly. Mind you, she asked me in a way that was not framed as I'm going to use this against you. <laughs> it was just like a concern like, oh, just a general question. Oh, were you at work? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was at work. I work at a restaurant. And she looks at me with death eyes and goes, well, this is going to have to go through workers comp. And I looked at her and I was like, Oh, uh, no, I wasn't at work. I was, I was just kidding. <laughs> and she was like, well, you already said it. And I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. So she tells me that legally it's gotta go through workers' comp, which isn't a big deal. Like, it's just some stitches and I've never had to do that before. But at the same time, like, why can't I choose to put it through my own goddamn insurance? Why do you have to involve my job in this and make it a big fucking thing? Like, it's a little cut on my finger. Give me two stitches and get me the fuck out of here. I was pissed about that. So I get in the room and I'm talking to the nurse who sees me before the doctor. And they're like making this difficult every time they find out it's about workers' comp. So he was like, were you at work? And I was like, yeah, because at this point I'm like, fuck it, everyone knows. And he was like, oh, this is workers' comp. And I said, yeah, I guess so. And he goes, oh, I have to check on this. I'll be right back. And he leaves the room for like five minutes. I don't know what he had to find out or what was going on, but apparently it was a big fucking deal. So he comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, we're all good. What do you mean? What was the what was the chance that we weren't all good? What would have happened otherwise? I'm just very confused by this. So I told him, I said, you know, that was very manipulative of her. She asked me like a normal fucking person. Was I at work? And then she dropped this workers comp shit on me as if it was a manipulation. And he said, yeah, they do that on purpose. So you don't lie. That's how they get the real information out of you. And I said, well, that's really fucked up and manipulative. And I want to sue for forcing a confession out of me. <laughs> So the doctor came in and like starts talking to me about all this bullshit and she looks at it and she's like, yeah, you need some fucking stitches. So it was no big deal. They gave me three stitches. I've never had stitches before in my life, so I didn't know what to expect. 
So she's shoving this goddamn needle directly into my finger where I cut it. And she's like, this is going to hurt. I'm like, I have tattoos. I'm not afraid of needles. Like, just fucking do it. Let's go. So she numbs the shit and she starts sewing it up. She asked me about a fucking tetanus shot. When's the last time I had a tetanus shot? I'm like, bitch, I don't know when the last time I had a fucking tetanus shot is. It's probably before I started smoking weed, which was well over 10 years ago. So she gives me a tetanus shot just in case, not that she thinks I'm going to die of tetanus. And then she proceeds to tell me what a great patient I am and how not annoying I am. <laughs> and I said, if anyone I know heard you tell me that I wasn't annoying, they would tell you that you're a fucking bullshitter. But also, I am a very good patient. You know why? Because I'm not a little bitch. I'm not freaking out at every little prick and probe like a fucking fairy princess. So that was that ordeal. That was like two days or the day before Thanksgiving Eve, I would say. So Thanksgiving Eve rolls around and every year, well, this is the second year actually, that my aunt, myself, my brother, and my two cousins, we spend the night in the city on Thanksgiving Eve. In the morning, we walk down the block from the hotel where we're staying and we watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade and then we go home and we do our Thanksgiving shit. Now, do I really give a shit about the fucking Thanksgiving Day Parade? Mm, no, I don't. But I love everything we do surrounding it. I love being in the city. I love staying at the Archer Hotel. It's one of my favorite hotels. And it has the Spyglass rooftop, the rooftop bar, which in the summer is like wide open. It's half indoor, half out. And in the winter, they close it up a little more, but you can still walk outside and you literally feel like you can touch the Empire State Building. It's literally right fucking there. So I love to grab a drink, have a glass of wine on the roof, stand outside at one of their little tables and just look at the view because no matter how many times you go to New York City, regardless of the fact that I grew up here, it never ceases to amaze me looking around, seeing all the buildings, the Empire State Building, the whole skyline, like it, it always feels magical, I guess is the gayest way I can describe it. It just never doesn't make me excited and happy and feel good so that's always my favorite part so we go to dinner and my aunt quit smoking so she's been smoking like those little vape things but she has like the refillable one and she doesn't understand like the throwaway disposable air bar puff stick kind of thing so we look for a smoke shop because she left hers at home and she's like fiending for nicotine so we look for a smoke shop that's open and around so we go to the smoke shop and I'm trying to explain to her that the throwaway puff bars are the same fucking thing she has. It's just disposable instead of the one that you can refill because she's trying to rebuy her whole like $150 setup in the store for one night. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Just buy one of these for 15 bucks, smoke it tonight. And then when you go home tomorrow, you're going to have your regular fucking shit anyway. So the smoke shop experience was funny. We went to this great cuban restaurant right across the street from the archer hotel it's called havana something i don't fucking know that was awesome food was great and then we went back to the hotel and started drinking because that is the goal of these <laughs> thanksgiving eve trips is just to drink and have fun so we went back up to the roof had another drink because i had to get up there one more time because i knew in the morning obviously you can't go up there like it's not the kind of rooftop where you can go see the view and chill and whatever it's a bar and when it's closed, it's closed. It opens at like one or two o'clock in the afternoon, I think. And then by 11 o'clock at night, they're done until the next day. And you can't just go up there and peek around because you feel like it. So we went up there, had a drink, went to the room, started making drinks. 
having the 21 year old my brother around is the best because we have a variety of shit we've got beer we've got white claws we've got mixed drinks he brought ginger beer and vodka to make fucking moscow mules this guy's like on his game my other little cousin she's 15 she always likes to go to Times square and honestly like as much as it's a tourist bullshit and i won't go there on my own i like the excuse of having her to go there with because it's still fun like once in a while you know if that's the once a year i go to Times square it's still like exciting to see even though it's a fucking tourist trap and i won't buy a goddamn thing that's in there so i'm smoking a joint in Times square because i was thinking to myself well i was gonna smoke anyway but i might as well wait till we get to Times square because i've never smoked a joint in my almost 30 years in Times square so i'm smoking we ran into buddy the elf some guy was running around new york city drunk dressed as buddy the elf screaming lines from the movie <laughs> the next day we actually saw him on the nypd's twitter there was like spottings and sightings of him that people were posting we were like hey we saw that guy it was so funny so we go back to the hotel and everyone is fast asleep by like two o'clock right it's just me and my brother left up and we're like um okay it's thanksgiving eve we're in new york city everyone is asleep like let's go out <laughs> So we leave the hotel because we had found this like Irish pub bullshit bar that was down the street and said it was open till 4 a.m. So we were like, all right, let's go there and let's grab a drink, grab a beer, have a shot, get primed up. I mean, at this point, we had already been drinking for hours, but the two of us will fucking go for it if we're together. So I'm like, let's go have a little primer and then we'll figure out what our move is and what our spot is. We get to the Irish pub and there's like four people in there and the guy's like closing up and he's like, sorry, we already did last call. We're done. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's two o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving Eve in fucking New York City. Like, what do you mean we can't have a drink? But then I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Places like this are probably more concerned with avoiding the bullshit than they are making any money tonight. So they're probably closing up because they don't want like the late night crazy Thanksgiving crowd. So that makes some sense. So he gives us the name of another place that we start walking to. And now I'm fucking trying to be strategic because it's two o'clock. Everything closes at four and I don't want to be out walking around not having been able to go anywhere just to go back to the fucking hotel. I'm not having that. I'm already out. I'm ready to party, right? So I start calling places to try to figure out what our next move is. So I call the place he told us. Nobody answers. I'm like, this place is probably fucking close. We're walking uptown. We were on 38th and now we're in Times Square. And I'm like, here we are back at fucking Times Square. I can't get away from this goddamn place. So I'm like, let's just chill. Let's sit down here and let's figure out what the fuck we're doing. I start calling all these places and they're all saying that they're closing it too. I'm like, what the fuck has happened to New York City? New York City is the place you're supposed to go to go out till four and all the bars close and then you either meet someone who has an after party at an apartment or you go to the next place which ends up being one of the only places around that will stay open till fucking eight in the morning you know like this is supposed to be an all-night party it's the city that never sleeps bitch and everyone is taking a goddamn nap new york city as a person she's aged okay she has passed the point where she can stay out all night and party and get up for work the next day and act like nothing happened so she must be in her late 30s she must be at the point where she is having kids she is married she is miserable and she drinks at home okay she has alcohol at home i don't know if she's a prosecco mom i don't know if she is a whiskey bitch but she is at home drinking in the privacy of her living room 
watching The Real Housewives at 8 to 9 o'clock at night <laughs> on Thanksgiving Eve. New York City, she's not out to party anymore, I'll tell you that. So I start looking up some more places and I realize that we're just in the wrong part of the city. Like we need to be downtown. We're in the area where all the fucking tourists and hotels are and then some residential shit. Like these people are going out at six o'clock at night for a drink. That's why everything is shutting down early. Besides the pub that I don't just don't know what the fuck was going on there. And any place that you can find that is open is a fucking gay bar. And my brother is just not ready for that yet. He is not ready for that at this point. So I find this place. It was called Employees Only in the West Village and we're all the way up in Times Square. So I call there and I'm like, what time are you guys open until? And it sounds like the place is fucking bumping. And they're like, four o'clock. I said, perfect. It's now 2.30 at this point, just about. So I said, let's go. We're getting in a cab. <laughs> So we're across the street on this, like, I, I don't remember where we had walked to. We had been in Times Square and then we had started walking again. So I don't know exactly which street we were on, but the traffic is coming down and I see one cab coming down across the street on the other side and I'm waving it down, got my hand up and my brother's like, what are you doing? He's not going to stop. And I'm like, I got this. Don't worry. So I got my hand up. I whistled at him. He looked at me and he goes, get in. And my brother looked at me like, how the fuck did that just happen? It's so funny to watch people who are foreign to calling cabs in New York City and they think it's the hardest thing in the fucking world to do and that nobody's ever going to stop. It's so funny. So while we were in the car, we were talking about how like, wouldn't it be cool if we just rolled up on like a really inconspicuous spot and then we went in and it was like the place to party and it was fucking bumping. And that's exactly what happened. So we're turning the corner to this employees only place. And while we were passing down the street, we saw this other bar that had like a disco light outside and looked like there was music and lights. And I was like, that's the shit I'm looking for. So we got out of the cab and we're like, all right, let's go check that spot. And then we'll come back if that's no good to this spot. So we walk around the corner and we're walking up to this other bar at the disco light. And all I see is a bunch of dudes making out with each other, a gay flag and a disco light. And that's when I realized that we were at a gay bar. And I said, oh, no, 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 Anthony, who's my brother. You're not fucking ready for this. Let's go back to the other place. He is in no way ready to walk into a gay bar at 2.30 in the morning. Who knows what's going on in there? I can handle whatever's going to happen, but I don't believe he can. So we went back to the other bar and it was so cool. It was like a fucking movie scene. From the outside, you can't really see or hear anything, but you just kind of like walk into this little like plastic outdoor vestibule and the bouncer's there, you give your ID, whatever. And then you walk into one door in like this little foyer entranceway area and there's two curtains and like a big door. So they pulled the curtain back and they opened the door and the fucking sound of people and music just came rushing out. It was so cool. We walked in. It was like very dimly lit, like super cool atmosphere. And there was people everywhere. It looked like it was the young, rich crowd. Like it looked like people 25 to 35 and they all looked expensive, which in New York City, a lot of people look expensive, even if they're not. However, when they are actually expensive, you can kind of tell. So this seemed like the hangout for like the younger people with the money. 
We ended up having the best time there ever. We went to order our vodka sodas and then we realized that the people next to us had super dope looking espresso martinis. And my brother, ever since I introduced him to espresso martinis, has been on a kick. So we ordered those instead. Cost us $40 for one round of drinks, of course. So we hung out there, had a great time. And then I'm asking the bartender, I'm like, where's the next spot? Like, where do we go after this? It's just about like 10 after three. We got to fit in one more spot before we go back. So he's giving us like a list of places. So we walk out and we're in the West Village and we're looking around trying to find the spots that he's talking about. So we get to one and it's closed, literally like boarded up and closed for the night. We call the next. Nobody's answering. Everything was fucking closed. It's three o'clock in the morning on Thanksgiving Eve in New York City and everything is fucking closed. So we start walking back towards 38th where our hotel is and we're like a 40 minute walk. And I'm like, let's just walk for a little bit and see what happens. And we'll grab a cab like somewhere closer. So I'm telling him about my first relationship or the relationship before my first relationship rather. (laughs) And how I used to come to the city every weekend and I would take the train and I would walk all the way from Penn Station down to Christopher Street in the West Village where the guy I was seeing lived. He had an apartment there. And we come up to Christopher Street after I had been telling the story and I'm like, oh, take a left over here. And I'm seeing like the CVS I used to go to and all the little stores on the corner. So we walked down. And I looked up at the old apartment and I looked right at the fire escape where I was 19 (laughs) and I used to sit out there. I used to climb out the window of the living room. $2,200 he paid for this little shoebox apartment. It literally was a living room, a bathroom that was kind of built into the living room that just had a toilet and a sink. And then another bathroom, I guess, in the corner of the kitchen that had just the shower And then a tiny little kitchen area and a little tiny bedroom, but so many good memories there. And I was looking up and I remember I used to climb out the window to smoke cigarettes on the fire escape because I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I felt so New York. (laughs) So that was cool to see that. So we start walking and I'm like, oh, my God, we got to go to cafeteria. Cafeteria is my favorite fucking restaurant in New York City. And they're open 24 hours. It's like an upscale diner. They have this really great mac and cheese, like three sample platter. It's called the Mac Attack. And it was the first place I ever had anything truffle in 2012 when truffle was just becoming a thing. They had a truffle oil mac and cheese that I used to love. So we start walking there. We get to the corner and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, it's kind of dark. Maybe they're closed because it's Thanksgiving Eve. I get to the fucking door and I start Googling their hours. They're not 24 hours anymore post-COVID. They close at fucking 2 a.m. How many more ways can New York City crush my life and dreams any more than it already has in the past? Now you don't even stay open late anymore. Everywhere in this goddamn motherfucking city is closing early. What in the mother of fuck is going on here? So... We gave up and we went to a diner. (laughs) We go to some random diner in in the city at like four o'clock in the morning. And as soon as I saw chicken and waffles on the menu, I was sold. I drank and ate the most disgusting combination of shit, right? So I had like three or four glasses of red wine between the rooftop and the restaurant. Ate Cuban food like it was my last fucking meal on death row. Devoured that shit. Guacamole, the whole fucking thing. Then I drank several White Claws. Moscow mules 
Then I drank the espresso martini, got high out of my face multiple times throughout the evening. And now I'm sitting down at this goddamn diner ordering chicken and waffles. But then I asked what kind of soup they had and the vegetable soup sounded really good. So I ate vegetable soup before I piled down a chicken and waffles on top of it. I ordered a strawberry milkshake because I'm at a diner. So why the fuck not? And then I look to my left and see this card with all these cocktails on it. And I ran up to the server while he was putting in the order and said, give us two pina coladas instead. So now on top of the vegetable soup, I'm drinking a pina colada. Disgusting. As we're about to leave, my brother like kind of dares me to drink the fucking maple syrup out of the canister, like pour it in my mouth. And I was like, that's disgusting, but okay. And then I tried to get him to do it and he wouldn't do it. I said, let me teach you a little lesson about loyalty. You have to stand in solidarity with me and do the fucking dare. Okay. So put the fuck maple syrup down your throat hole so we put like bibs on and we were chugging the maple syrup and before like i had done it and he hadn't done it yet and he was arguing with me he's like i'm not fucking doing that it was so stupid the waiter comes over and tries to take the maple syrup because it's literally the last thing on the table and i was like can you leave that please we're gonna need that and he looked at me like i was fucking nuts so we finally made it back to the room at like 5 a.m and my bright idea is oh shit we have to get up at like 9 to see this goddamn parade. So what I should do is take a shower, blow dry my hair, get myself ready, get dressed so I'm ready to go and then go take a nap. So that's what I did. I got all fucking ready, hairspray and everything. And then I laid down on the floor because I love to sleep on the floor. And I took a nap until about like 9.30 a.m., went down to see the parade. And I was so excited that Mariah was performing, announced to perform just days before until I realized that the bitch wasn't going to be on a fucking float. And I wasn't going to get to see her because where we stand on 38th, we'll see the floats and the balloons and all the shit. You'll see it on TV about like five minutes after we've already seen it pass. So when I realized that she was only performing in front of Macy's, there was absolutely no way for me to get anywhere near there or close. So I said, fine, I'll just watch it on TV. Went to Jersey, went to my mom's for Thanksgiving, had a ball there ate like it was fucking going out of style and i know you're all probably thinking mick what happened to your carnivore diet that you were on yeah i failed fucking miserably after a week of that okay i did really well for the first week started to see some changes in shape on my face and then i said bye bye i don't remember what the first thing was that sent me off the wagon but i'll tell you what it didn't do is stop will i end up back on the diet at some point who knows your guess is as good as mine <laughs> but i did eat all the turkey and drink all the fucking wine and i was exhausted by the time I got home, I am just too old to be out all night on no sleep. I wasn't even hungover. I just had had no sleep in days <laughs> other than a few hours. And I can't fucking do that anymore. Okay. This week, we are talking about sex. <laughs> I had been having a conversation at work because I work with a couple girls who are really young. One's like 17 and one's 18. And we were talking about how one girl is fastly approaching going to college and she's telling me all these stories about how she's been hooking up with this guy and i'm like okay but like what's hooking up to you and she says you know making out and i'm like okay we have very different definitions of hooking up as uh i've gotten older but okay so she's telling me these stories and i'm like well have you touched his wiener and she was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, have you touched a wiener? And she was like, no. And I said, but you have 
to swipe your V-card before you go to college. You can't go to college a virgin. Like, what is that going to do for you? And then the other girl's yelling at me, telling me how that's ridiculous and you don't have to do anything and you should lose your virginity to someone you love and trust. And I'm like, no, that's bullshit. I don't know what you're peddling at this age or what you think is going to happen, but your first time is going to be weird and it's going to be stupid and it's not going to be fun and it's probably going to hurt. So you should practice. You should practice with these little high school boys. So by the time you get to somebody that you actually like, you already kind of know what you're doing and it's not weird and awkward like it is the first time. They didn't want to hear my bullshit. I also have a friend who is 21 who went to college a virgin, my favorite little gay boy, and he and I had had the same kind of conversations before he left. I was like, listen, just go out there and do it because by the time you get to where you're going... You don't want to be the one who doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And boy, did he prove me wrong. He went to college and literally like the first two weeks there, he became such a slut. He became such a short-term slut. He was banging and clanging all over the fucking city. And then he was like, oh, I think I'm going to take a break. <laughs> After like a month, he was like, I think I'm going to take a break. I'm like, take a break. You just got started. Go out there and live your life safely, of course, but go out there and live your life. So I'm having this conversation with these girls and she's telling me how she doesn't know what she wants to do as far as like sexual behavior. And then I'm having a conversation with a couple in their 50s who are divorced with kids and they just started dating. They're on their second date and they're telling me about how they just met and they're having a really great time. And he's like super corny with his cliche like lines about life and relationships. And I'm like, is this guy real or is this guy like secretly a serial killer or like a serial cheater that has like 17 girlfriends and knows all the right things to say to seem like he's Mr. Perfect? Like something's off about you, sir. This is all not adding up. So he makes some kind of like weird comment about taking her home. And she's like, no, that's the fourth date. And I'm like, mm, isn't it the third? Haven't we like accepted that like the going number is the third date it's acceptable to like bang around and she's like mm, i was thinking more like four or five and then he comes in with the save and he's like oh you know it doesn't have to be sex i was just saying we could go home and hang out and have a drink by the fire and i already told her there's no pressure it's all up to her whenever she feels ready i'm like what are you fucking talking about sir if this bitch comes home to your house tonight in front of the fire and starts taking off her bra you're gonna say no you're gonna say oh are you so sure you're ready that is the biggest load of bullshit i've ever heard from a 50 something year old man in my entire life especially with the breasts on that woman Woo! so we're having this conversation i'm like well this is all irrelevant to me because i'm a homo and we just do whatever the fuck we want like there are no rules we want to fuck we'll fuck like we don't need to worry about oh it's the 17th date it's the 14th day i've known you who gives a shit you want to see some dick you want to see some dick we don't give a fuck it was so funny to me that they were like planning it out on a calendar with numbers on what they think <laughs> is the appropriate time to have sex. Like you're all adults here. You're in your 50s. You've been married with kids. You're divorced. Your parents of somewhat adult children, young adult children. Like there are no fucking rules here. What are you going to do? You're going to wait till a certain point to prove that you're not a hoe who's out here sleeping with everyone. If you want to be a hoe, be a hoe. If you're not a hoe, then you're not a hoe. You don't need to prove it to anyone else. What are you trying to prove by waiting to see 
if it's going to be a, a good vibe. Like, obviously, you already like each other and you're having a great time on your three hour second date. So what the fuck is the difference? If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. But like, why are we waiting on a certain time frame? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I was trying to explain to her, um, don't you feel like it's like trying on clothes? If I go to a store and there's two sizes and I don't know which one's going to fit me, don't you think I should try something on? Or am I supposed to purchase the item of clothing Go home, try it on, find out it doesn't fit. But now I already kind of like it and I'm pissed and I might go back to the store and find out they don't have it in another size. And then I have to buy something totally different. Don't you think it's easier to just try it on while you're in the store before you purchase it and take it home? Would you go and buy a car without first taking it for a test drive? No. Men and women are the same thing. You need to take that bitch for a test drive and make sure that everything feels nice while you're driving. Because I'll tell you what, if you find out that that car's suspension rides kind of rough and now you need to sell it instead of just taking it back to the dealer and leaving it right there, you're going to be pissed. So I asked you, the listeners, to tell me some stories about your virginity, specifically asking, how old were you when you lost your virginity and who was it with? A boyfriend, a random, the guy from the gas station. <laughs> I also asked everyone to elaborate on the story of their first time, especially if it was funny or gross. And I also was asking, do you think your first time should be special or something you should just get done and over with? Because that was my perspective. The girls are young and of course they have a different opinion. But I was saying from a position of looking in retrospect, I think it's something that you should just get the fuck over with. I almost feel like personally, it might be different because I'm not a woman and women look at things a little differently when it comes to sex. I'm also a homo, so I don't look at it the same way as straight men, but I do feel like it's very similar. Men have a different kind of relationship with sex. Sometimes it's spontaneous. Sometimes it's nothing connected to it. I do feel like there are women who are like that, of course, but I just feel like it's less likely or less common rather. So my perspective was you should get it over with with someone who obviously you're comfortable with that you know or whatever, but not someone that you actually really like, I guess, unless you're in a relationship. I don't know. For me personally, my personal perspective on it was to kind of just get it over and done with, see what it's like. And then by the second time, you kind of already know what you're in for. I was also a little slut. So I was 14 <laughs> when I swiped my V card and it was with a woman. Can you even fucking believe that? Two girls, two girls before I found the dick. And I was like, hmm, this is what I was missing. And people ask me all the time, like, did you like it? Was it fun? I'm like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was a teenager. I was 14. I could have gotten a fucking boner from smacking into a door. Like, it didn't fucking matter. Do I think I would go back and start banging ladies now? Absolutely not. I don't even think it would work. But as a teenager, your hormones are so fucking crazy. You could get it up for anything. And honestly... I didn't know what I was missing because I hadn't been with guys yet. So once I started experimenting with that and I found a dick, I was like, oh, this is what was missing. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about me. First response says, as a virgin who was in college, I feel like I should share. I was 25 when I lost it, obviously because I was waiting for marriage in a very controlling religion. But what I've learned from that is I think if you want to wait for someone special, that's fine. But if you want to get it over with, I think that's fine as well. I wanted to get mine over with, so I just slept with my friend the first time because I felt safe and I trusted him. Just trust your own instincts. Don't let anyone tell you when you should or shouldn't have sex. And if you choose to wait until you're older, 
That's your own decision and you should just do what makes you happy and fuck everyone else's opinion. I completely agree with that 100%. My perspective is my perspective on it. If your perspective is different, that's what I think you should do. I still don't think you should go to college a virgin because college is a fucking playground for alcohol and sex and everyone pretends that's to get an education, but it's not because half the time anyone in college will take their tests and their finals and all their shit either hungover or after they've done the walk of shame or both combined. <laughs> but I agree. Whatever it is that you feel comfortable with. And I like the point that she made, which was what I was trying to express before that she said she wanted to just get it over with. So she did it with a friend that she trusted. Wasn't someone she was intending on dating. Wasn't someone that she was looking for anything romantically from. But it was someone that she felt comfortable with and that she felt good about doing that with. And I think that's what's important. Comfortability. However... The gay boy college virgin I was talking about before did it with a fucking stranger in a car <laughs> in a parking garage and he'll probably kill me for saying that but he had a great fucking time and even I was taken aback I was like in a parking garage in a car I don't think that's the best way to do it but he had the best time okay this one says I was 13 lost it to my first boyfriend who was 20 oh my god that is pedophilia it was in the back of his car he had me go on top, and that shit hurt so bad. <laughs> now I know that fool was grooming me and didn't love me. He recently tried to come back into my life, and that was another story. <laughs> this isn't funny. That's fucking sick. Anybody who's over the age of 18 who's sleeping with someone at that age is a fucking weirdo creep. But it doesn't seem like she has any kind of bad feelings towards it because there's a lot of laughing emojis and lols in this <laughs> conversation but that's crazy that is fucking insane she also said if it feels right do it do you more power to you it's your body and your choice you have every right to control that i agree whatever you feel you should do is what you should do unless you are in your young teens and that man is over the age of 18 because he's a fucking weirdo creep so run away from that next one says i was 15 and it was with a boyfriend it was on a beach we found a little quiet spot away from people and put a blanket down and just did it nothing really funny or gross happened it was just awkward i think people should do it with someone they're comfortable with for the first time so yeah i guess it just should be more special as far as being a virgin in college, she said, I think it's hilarious. I don't know why, but I think it's strange. I agree. I feel like when you go to college, it should be done and over with. Next one says, I was 13 with my boyfriend of two years. It was confusing and I broke up with him the next day. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with us. Why were we having sex at 13 and 14? That's fucking insanity. We were too young. Too young for that. I didn't even start blowing dicks until I was 16. <laughs> but I had already had my face in a box. As for whether you should do it with someone special or just get it over with, she says you should just get it over with. Next one says, I was 15. My boyfriend was 13. Ooh, cougar. Apparently, I was a cougar. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. We were dating for about two months, and during it, he asked me to stick my finger up his butt and also told me he wanted me to shit on his chest. So that was the end of that. I also don't really think the first time mattered to me at all if it was special or not. Looking back on it now, I'm glad it was more funny than anything. And strangely, I'm still friends with him to this day. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine having no idea 
anything about sex. You're a virgin. You've never done it. You don't know what to expect other than like the basics. And some guy asks you to put your fingers in his ass. And if you would ugh, on his chest, <laughs> I wonder like if she thought that that was normal at the time or like something that people do or if she knew at 13, this is fucking weird. That I'm sorry, 15. She was 15. That's the fucking strangest shit I've ever heard in my goddamn life. <laughs> People who go to college aversion are losers. The end. <laughs> Not very kind, but you know what? Your opinion is your opinion. <laughs> Lastly, she said, also, I know a lot of girls say it hurts the first time or they're cherry pops or whatever. That didn't happen to me. It just felt great. Well, isn't that fucking awesome? <laughs> I've heard that a lot too. And obviously like, I don't know cause I'm not a woman, but they, they always say that it hurts the first time or that like you bleed or whatever. But I was uh, not a part of that. <laughs> Next one says, my first time was with a boyfriend and I was 14. His parents were away and we made plans to do it. It was awful. He saw blood because obviously that is part of it, even before any virginity was taken. He freaked out and I had to walk him around the block while he cried because he was afraid it would hurt me. I don't know. I was really determined to do it and I was going to. So I told him if we showered while we were doing it, then he wouldn't notice anything. And he agreed. It was super awkward and funny. Wouldn't have had my first time any other way. I agree. I think sometimes the story, like it might be embarrassing or weird when it's happening because you, you're too young to be doing it anyway. If you're 13, 14, 15, you're too young to really be like mentally capable of comprehending what's happening. So like, I kind of feel like if it's funny, and there's a good story with it. At least you can take that with you and remember it for the rest of your life rather than like the specialty of it. She says, I don't think it should be special because I feel like it's a really awkward thing. As long as you have trust, then do it. My roommate was a virgin well into college and it didn't matter to her at that point. She just wanted to do it and get it over with already. My sister also waited till she was 21 and they both at that point just wanted to get it over with. I feel like the longer you wait, the less exciting it is. There is something exciting about doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. The fact that she walked him around the block while he was crying because he thought he was going to hurt her is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. I literally love doing these responses so fucking much. There's so many instances where it cracks me the fuck up. Next one says, I was 18, 19 when it happened. It was with a coworker of mine from the restaurant I was working at. He became a really good friend and we flirted constantly. He was a few years older than me. It was actually a very nice first time and I have no regrets because he was someone I trusted and it was overall an amazing night. We went out to dinner, then to Smith Point Outer Beach with his Jeep, had some drinks, made a fire, jumped in the water. Then we went to his apartment where it happened. Never awkward. Thank God. That's actually a really good one. A guy that like you're not really dating, but you flirt with at work and you're attracted to, you know him, you know you, you're like good and you feel safe or whatever. So I think that's the most important takeaway and what all these responses have in common because everyone's opinions so far, including mine, have varied. But I think the most important part is just being with someone that you trust, even if it's not someone that's like a... Uh, romantic prospect you know it doesn't have to be someone that you're like oh i want to date this person or i am dating this person but someone that you know and someone that you feel comfortable with because i don't necessarily think a lot of people 
would benefit from doing it with a complete stranger the first time. You got to work your way up to that. Work your way up to your sluthood. Um, she also said, I think it should be someone you're in a relationship with or someone you have known a while. Good friendship or really trust, especially for girls. It's really emotional. So I never wanted to regret it. And I have no regrets from that time. Lastly, she says, I didn't go to way of college, so I don't really know that answer. That's another thing. If you're not going to college, what does it matter? Do it whenever you want. And let me just explain my perspective. I'm not trying to force anybody to do anything that they don't want to do. Part of it is just me trying to be funny. But I just think that like when you go to college, you open yourself up to so many new experiences and you're doing things that you may not be doing at home, right? Like we always hear the stories of people who have really sheltered childhoods and their parents are really strict and then they go to college and they go kind of fucking wild right so i feel like if you're going to college and you're going to meet a whole bunch of new people and you don't know how you're going to feel and what you're going to want to do i feel like personally it's the wrong setting for something like that if you don't end up meeting someone that you actually care about i don't know i just feel like sometimes you can lose it in the wrong way and then maybe regret it when you're in that kind of setting. So that's why I feel like it's beneficial to just get it over with before college. You've already done it. You already know what to expect. That weird feeling towards the first time, however you feel about that, is already out the window. And now you're just in a fucking playground, you know? You're at the goddamn amusement park full of dicks and new prospects. Okay, next one says, I was in the front seat of in, what kind of car is that? Isuzu? Is that a car? In an Isuzu Trooper. It was red and white, better known as the candy cane. We parked in my boyfriend's car at my town's reservoir. Was it magical? No. Did we continue to have sex in his front seat in that spot multiple times after? Yes. Let me clarify. We did not have sex multiple times that night, lol. That just became our spot. I was 15 at the time, was in love, whatever young love is, but we were caught multiple times by the cops. <laughs> They'd roll up behind the car, shine the brights. By the time the cop got to the car, I had a shirt on but no pants. I'd put my pants over my legs. He'd ask, what are you guys up to? My boyfriend would say, just hanging out. Cop would say, think it's time you move on. Get home. Mortified. <laughs> Wait, that is hysterical. That is like the third or fourth story I've heard in my life of young people. And most of these stories I heard when I was young getting caught by cops having sex in a car in public places and thank god knock on wood not that i'll be having sex in a car anytime soon nor have i ever actually but thank god i've never been caught i have never had sex in a car i've gotten sexual <laughs> in a car but i've never had sex in a car because i like to be comfortable and i don't want to be all fucking jumbled up into a pretzel in the backseat of someone's fucking car. I did almost get caught by my mother once doing some <laughs> sexy stuff. And when I was like 17 or 18, the guy I was hanging out with, obviously I was far in the closet at that point. And my mom had no idea that we were hooking up. <laughs> and I think we were like making out and like not really dressed, laying in my bed 
And I like heard her coming up the stairs and she had no boundaries. An Italian mother who's controlling has no fucking boundaries, will not knock on your door, will just burst into your room. So I like moved over because I heard her coming up the stairs and lo and behold, she came fucking busting through the door to ask me some stupid, irrelevant question that she didn't have to that totally could have waited And we were like not dressed under the blanket, pretending we were just like hanging out and watching TV. (laughs) Next one says, I was 19. I don't remember her name. I think it was Nicole. It was a chick who owed my cousin a favor and he had her pay up. (laughs) See, this is why I love men's answers because they're always like nonchalant, kind of funny. Guys don't like read into shit the way girls do. No guy is sitting around thinking like, I really want my first time to be very special and I want it to be with someone I love and trust and I just want it to be beautiful and romantic. Any guy who does that, that isn't a total fucking bitch (laughs) or secretly gay is doing it for the woman. And I respect that. If you're in a relationship, a young relationship with a girl and you're making it special for her, That's really nice. Good for you. You're a great man. But most men don't give a motherfuck about any of that bullshit. (laughs) The last one is my absolute favorite. And I usually don't really read these messages while I'm collecting all of my material. I just kind of screenshot them and I like to have like my organic reaction and opinion to what I'm saying as I'm reading it to you guys. But sometimes when they're really short, I can't help but just like read it over. And I read this one and I was fucking dying. This one comes from a young man who is a stud. And he says, I was a virgin in high school until the first day of college. Parentheses, no surprise. It is a surprise because as I said, he's a fucking stud. My first time having sex, someone burst into my college dorm and shouted, that the woman I was banging is a whore and then left. I'm since long-term friends with the woman who screamed whore. (laughs) I have so many questions and I need to clarify the context of this situation because who just bursts into someone's college dorm while they're balls deep in somebody and screams, that woman is a whore. What is the context of this conversation? Did this girl who burst through the door have a crush on you? Was she pissed that you were banging some bitch Then when she wanted to be the one you were banging? Was she a lesbian undercover and she had something for that woman that you were banging and she was pissed about that? Where is the context of this situation and why and how are you still friends with the person who burst into your first time? screaming whore okay so in conclusion we all seem to agree that whoever it is that you are going to have sex with for the first time you should make sure that it's someone you know someone you trust someone that you're comfortable with not necessarily someone that you love and i still support if you just want to get it the fuck over with because you know it's going to be weird and awkward and not a great time do it do it get it the fuck over with before you go to college and if you are a virgin When you go to college, don't fucking tell anyone because they are going to make fun of you and hold it over your head and it is going to produce some sort of future trauma, okay? Don't fucking tell anyone if you're a virgin in college and try your best just not to be one.
Be a young teenage slut like me. <laughs> what a great promotion. As I'm talking about at the beginning of this episode, how gross it is to sexualize children. And then I'm sitting here telling you the stories of how we were all 13, 14, and 15 when we were banging guys for the first time. <laughs> That's all I've got for you hoes this week. It is so weird to think about that this is the last time I will sign off on this podcast as a man in my 20s. My birthday is next week, December 5th, and I am turning 30 next Monday. So by the time that you get another episode on Wednesday, I will officially be a man in his 30s, a homo in his 30s. What point is there to living if you're a homo in your 30s? What the fuck do I have to offer anyone as a 46-year-old man in gay years? I am obese and elderly in gay weight and years. What is the point? Anyway, in all honesty, it feels super weird to be like closing this decade and this chapter of my life. I'm excited for what's to come. I feel like I'm in the best place mentally. Well, <laughs> I don't fucking know about that. But what I mean is I feel the most clear. I feel the most myself. And I know where I'm going, what I'm doing in a way that I didn't when I was, I don't know, 23, 24. Life just feels different. There's like a clarity that you gain somewhere in your 20s, probably like 26, 27. And it's just weird. It's weird to leave that chapter of my life behind and start something new and exciting. I'm actually really excited for my 30s. I think it's going to be my best years yet. I think there's so much opportunity and so many things in that next decade to look forward to. So I'm actually genuinely really excited, even though I keep joking about the fact that it's like the end of my life and what's the point of living, but I don't really mean that. I am very excited. And yeah, it's just so strange to sit here and just think about that. Like I just thought about the fact that the next time you hear me talk on this podcast, I'll be 30. It's weird. 30 is just a weird number. It's strange to exit your 20s. So I will see you next week as a 30-year-old homosexual. As usual, if you're not following me on Instagram, follow me at Mickey Not the Mouse. Um, I also have a Twitter, which I never tell you to follow. It's Mickey X the Mouse, but I don't really fucking use it anyway, so who cares? Make sure you're following the podcast Instagram at Pulse Pounding. And if you are listening on your favorite streaming service and you have not left a five-star review, you are a nasty bitch who is out to get me and doesn't want to see me succeed. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why you listen to this if you are hating on me. But if you have not left that review, you are a hater. Do you want to be viewed as a hater? I don't think so. So leave a five-star review. And if you are on a platform such as Apple, I know there's other ones, but I don't fucking know anything about those. The only thing I know about is Apple and Spotify. So if you're on something like Apple where you can leave a comment and a written review as well as the five stars, Please fucking do that and please make it nice. Keep your nasty bitch comments to yourself. That's my job, okay? Later, hoes. Um, so just as a little parting gift bonus, apparently I was more hungover than I recall. Okay, we are live from the Thanksgiving parade. We just saw SpongeBob. Is that you Mike? Yeah. Do you have something to say about your parade endeavors? I've known Michael since he was a little boy. And Michael's aunt, I've known him his whole life. I was 19 when he was born. Okay, that's enough of that. I just saw SpongeBob roll by. I am mildly to moderately hungover. 
I've only slept for two hours-ish. You, it's a miracle that you're not more hungover. It's a miracle that I didn't puke last night. I honestly thought you weren't going to make it this morning, and you were the only one who sprung up on time. I am devastated internally, but I am powering through it, and this caramel coffee is saving my goddamn life. Oh, I thought it said believe. It says culture. I don't need any culture this morning. I need some belief. <laughs> Are you going to see Mariah? I think if I have another vodka no, seltzer right now, there. I'll feel better. I think that's a great idea. We should have mimosas immediately. Is Anthony driving you home? Let's have mimosas. No, I can't. <laughs> I would die. You want a mimosa, 15-year-old? Yes. I don't know what happened last evening. I don't know. Let's go closer. Who's that little yellow bitch? Is that a whale? It's a whale. What is that from? This is crazy. We've been out here for 10 minutes and someone already left in a fucking ambulance because they got so excited over Snoopy. Oh, your church is open. Okay, we're gonna go in and get closer. Best of luck to us. 